the offseason, through the wins and the losses. It's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step. step. All right, pivoting over to what I think is the Giants' number one need this offseason, Paul. And look, they clearly have multiple needs. Inside linebacker, some more corner depth and everything. But it is so clear. I mean, the question was asked at Daniel Jones' press conference, even to Daniel himself. You know, when you had the negotiation, was any promise made to you about upgrading these targets and upgrading the weapons? I mean, it's the one thing that we've all argued about as fans, at least, at nauseum. Daniel Jones doesn't have that guy the way other quarterbacks have that guy. They tried with Galladay. They tried with Tony. It didn't work out. How do the Giants solve that room? Now, there's going to be two schools of thought here, Paul. I am mm-hmm. clearly somebody who's gone, you know, all in now in studying all the top flight receivers in this draft. Those receivers have something in common, a label you like to call Smurfs. Most of the first-round talents are 5'10", uh, and shorter guys, I mean, even Jackson Smith and Jigba, everybody loves him at Ohio State. That is a guy who's going to be basically a power slot type of player. Uh, they have stated, the Giants have that, and, and Joe Shane was asked, I think by a fan in that press conference, that the drafting of Wandell Robinson last year wouldn't prohibit them from drafting another shorter wide receiver. But the fact remains, if you're looking to upgrade the wide receiver room and you're looking for that, you know, that big weapon on the outside, those aren't really the number one first round picks. They're more of the shorter guys here, Paul, which leads us to ask, there will be veteran wide receivers who are number ones in their spots, maybe in some rebuilds or elsewhere, that are going to become available, whether it's via trade or eventually cut. Where do you think the Giants go for addressing their number one wide receiver? Do you think it's that route, or do you think they stick to the draft board? Well, you know, I'd love to see them grab Tillman out of Tennessee in the second round if there's any way he falls to 57. Now, talking to people at the Combine, they're not so sure he could make it that far down. Okay. So do the Giants potentially maybe move up to go get him? Because now they have that extra fifth-round pick in the compensatory that we fully expected them to get. Right. Uh, uh, you know, that would be a potential move for me. I would certainly consider that move. Again, I'm talking personally here as I survey the Giants' situation. Now, there are potential guys on the market. It's not a great free agent market, but, for example, DJ Chark was released by the Lions. You could sign him right now. He's a former 1,000-yard receiver. He's got terrific speed. He's got the ability to get some yards after the catch. He is viewed as somewhat of a deep threat, and he certainly has height at 6'4". If you wanted to go to somebody familiar to these guys, Robert Woods had time with the Bills. Uh, Not as big a receiver. He's a 6-footer. But that would feel disappointing, Paul. If they open next year, Robert Woods is the number one wide receiver. That would feel disappointing. He's an well, he's an accomplished player. For me, Robert Woods is more of a supplemental guy. I would still try to draft somebody like Tillman and right. add Woods as a back end of the depth chart guy, but gotcha. a guy who could okay. enhance the wide receiver room. Now, well, that, and that's Paul. You bring up a good point. Not to interrupt, but. Did, they I need at least two. Right. The job isn't done by getting one guy. Right. Exactly. You right. need to improve the room. And who knows when Wondell Robinson becomes available to even be your number two and they have Isaiah Hodgins. So even if even if you think Robinson is ready week one, you got to okay. think Robinson, Hodgins, who are the other two guys? Okay. I'm going to give you a few other names to keep an eye out for. Adam Thielen just got cut by the Vikings. Yeah. Now, we know he has hands of glue. You talk about dropsies on this team. You wouldn't have them if Adam Thielen was here. Now, his production, and certainly he's has gone down a little bit the last few years. He's more of a possession receiver. 
than he is a deep threat, but I think he could help the Giants receiving core. Robbie Anderson is out there. I know he just changed his name, but he's still going to be Robbie to me. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who's had some attitude issues, but he's got speed. He's got height. He can take the top off of a defense. I'd be right, intrigued because so, I don't think he'd get a lot of money. I'd be intrigued by Robbie Anderson in this room. I all would. right, there's a guy that I would put on my radar. I would also put uh, DeAndre Hopkins on my radar if you were willing to make a trade. That's the he sexy one. He is my favorite pick. Yeah. I personally would see if I could pry Hopkins off the Cardinals. There's a lot of rumors that the Cowboys are looking hard at him. I believe that. I think Hopkins has a lot left. And he can be that X receiver, the alpha on yeah. the outside, and, and can be what Galladay was supposed to be and what Plexico Burris was for the Giants years ago. The other names that I'm looking at as guys who could potentially help this receiver room, Alan Lazard uh, from the Packers, Mac Collins from the Raiders, Noah Brown from the Cowboys. All three of those guys have pretty good speed. They all have some size. And Nick Westbrook, uh, Ikine from the Titans, Titans yeah. is, is another guy, not necessarily the fastest guy, but if you look at his production, his yards per catch was about 16 per reception. And, yeah. and, and that's something the Giants could certainly use. So those would be guys that I probably would have on my radar. And I know earlier in the offseason, a lot of people said, well, T Higgins is going to get traded by the Bengals. I'm not sure that that's going to happen. I'm with you. If I'm them, I'm not dealing with and, so, by, we'll and by the way, Paul, just to throw a couple out there, those are the names we know, the free agency is available, and we know Hopkins will probably be traded. Uh, and before I ask you a follow-up on Hopkins, I just want to throw a couple other ones that have been kind of softly rumored as their teams try to figure out their caps the next couple of days that could be moved in trades. First of all, the Bucks in total blow-up mode. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are two names to keep an eye on trade-wise as the Bucks have no choice but to start clearing cap space. They are still like 30 mil over the cap, and they are basically going into a year where they're going to look like they're tanking. So remember, right. those two Bucks receivers, good players, guys to keep your eyes on. Rams trying to shop Allen Robinson. That's a hefty number. He basically did nothing. Felt like a lost year there. I could be intrigued by that uh, a little bit. And then also, he's tweeting through his feels and has ties to Joe Shane, Stefan Diggs right now in Buffalo, who basically tweeted something, hey, it's just all about business right now. He might have been asked to take a pay cut. We haven't gotten that full story. And who knows? I mean, things in Buffalo seem really odd right now, right? I mean, they, they seem to be in a little bit of cap trade. So you never know. You just never know if a guy like that becomes available. And you have Joe Shane, who was part of a, you know, a front office that brought that guy in to help Josh Allen. So there will be names. So I, I say that, and Hopkins could obviously be the big one to say, Joe Shane is going to play this smart. But at the same time, he also is a guy who is smart around the league and looks around the league and sees what teams have done. The Dolphins became instantly credible in contenders last year after adding Tyree Kill to that wide receiver room. He knows what happened in Buffalo when they added Stephon Diggs. That team completely took over. We saw the Eagles make the jump from wildcard loser to Super Bowl team. A.J. Brown was such a monster part of that. Do you think that Joe Shane sees that, understands that, and maybe would be more prone, to, not a first-rounder clearly, but to move a draft pick to make sure that Daniel Jones, who he just invested in, is taken care of with a real number one wide receiver? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of angles to that answer. Joe Shane is telling people publicly, and it certainly could be a smokescreen, that he doesn't think getting an alpha wide receiver is a necessity. He says it's overplayed, and there's a lot of hype given to that spot that, you know, if you look at what Brian Dable has had over the course of his career, he hasn't always had an alpha receiver. Of course, 
he's got an alpha running back in Saquon Barkley now, which he never had as an offensive coordinator either. So to me, that doesn't preclude the fact that you get him one. So, so if you'll follow me on that, that's what Shane is saying. I do believe that based on his experience in Buffalo, you can see how Diggs made the Bills a Super Bowl contender. He raised them a whole nother notch. He did for Josh Allen what Plexico Burris did for Eli Manning. So I still believe in my heart of hearts, you've got to get yourself an alpha receiver for Daniel Jones, who you've now committed to. Now, the other part to this thing, and I think I think this is also important to, to keep note. The Giants, as, as this offense is constructed, okay, we don't know exactly how Kafka is going to continue to evolve this team. Is he going to decide to throw more to Barkley? You know, Xavier McKinney gave an interview during the offseason with one of those players' website interview uh, shows. Uh, okay. Sean, you're familiar with those. Yes. And he repeated something that I've been telling you now since back in July. What happened to all those pass routes for Barkley? We saw him in the slot. We saw him outside. McKinney even said, I don't know what happened to all that stuff that we ran out in training camp. It never showed up. Well, you heard that from me for months. Right. Yeah. I wonder what is Kafka thinking? What are what's Dable thinking? Are they really believing that if they bring Barkley back on a on a multi-year deal or a, a look, he's he's tagged, he's coming back anyway. But are they thinking that he is going to be a much bigger component to the passing game than he was this past year? I really was shocked that he wasn't. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Yeah. But, but Paul, thing, Paul, just before you finish the other point, just know this. Yeah. That's fine. And Barkley can come back as a bigger passing component. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that that's going to please anybody in the fan base. And also, I got to oh, think. I get that. And I got to think a lot of the stuff they ran in camp that they did hold back. I don't think they held it back going, hey, eventually we'll get to it in 2023. I think they probably held it back because they had so many different revolving door situations at wide receiver that they had no choice but to adjust and say, well, we can't, we just simply can't run this with the personnel we have now. Oh, I agree. I don't think they held stuff back for twenty for twenty four or twenty three. That would be stupid. Uh, right. I, I agree. I think the circumstances and the situation prompted them to hold stuff back. But my point to you is that if Barkley's going to be more involved in the passing game and the tight end is going to be more involved in the passing game, is it possible that the Giants' leading receiver, much like the days when Phil Sims was here and Mark Bavaro was his leading receiver? And what we know Kansas City's done with Kelsey, he is their leading receiver. Is it possible that Shane shies away from getting an alpha receiver and decides that the tight end position is going to be the alpha receiver in the passing game? And maybe with all the depth at tight end in this draft, specifically at receiving tight ends in this draft, like a Kincaid, does he go after somebody like that? who winds up catching 90 passes and the wide receiver room winds up having deflated numbers because they're throwing to the tight end. It's possible if you try to go 2011 New England style where your tight ends are your biggest weapons. I mean, I, I guess it's entirely possible, right? I mean, I, and I trust Dable and Shane to make that right move. I personally, personally, and this is just me, I understand Mayer and Kincaid and these guys could fall right in line for where the Giants are picking late there and they might be better than the wide receiver. So I get that. I am starting to view the tight end rooms 
a lot like the running back rooms. Just look at the star tight ends in this league. A lot of them are drafted in mid-round situations where you could find those guys. And not that I think Bellinger's the end-all be-all, but you know, if you gave me another Daniel Bellinger, soft hands, everything like that, I like those kind of tight ends. But that's me. If they're going to run an offense and have some kind of weapon where, uh, you know, Kincaid or whatever becomes Jimmy Graham in his prime, then fine. If that's what they do. Then that's, <laughs> exactly. Then that's fine. And, I get and again, it. Sean, I won't hate. You. I won't hate it, but I have my reservations about using first-round picks on tight ends. I, I, I'm with you. I'd rather enhance the receiving room and get an alpha receiver. I'm simply giving you the possibilities because I don't think we can ignore it. Yeah, and that's fine. And now, Paul, and again, we're going to have a little reaction once news starts coming in during the legal tampering period next week on the next one giant step. Let's just look ahead now to free agency and the legal tampering. So. We talked a little bit about wide receiver and how they may view it. And I think we're both in lockstep that we think probably via trade slash draft pick. And if they add anybody free agency, it'll be in the low cost variety. I don't know that they're going to go big game spending. Joe Shane said in his press conference, now at least those tier two or three guys, maybe you can actually dip in and pay. And he specifically yeah. mentioned, you know, the two million, two and a half million dollar mark, which I like that answer. You know, kind of sign those guys instead of the total bottom of the barrel guys. The truth is the team has a lot of holes. They will look to address those holes. I I have my answer here. I'm curious your answer. What position when legal tampering starts? Because they're going to make a signing, whether it's big money or not, within those first couple of days. Do you think, you know, gets addressed here pretty quickly? My belief, I think they're going to end up with one of these inside linebackers. Where do you fall? I think it will be either the inside linebacker spot or the defensive tackle spot. Because defensive tackle is also not a very deep class in this upcoming draft. And Shane flat out came out and said, we need to do a better job stopping the run. And those two positions are thin in the draft. So it makes sense to me if he really wants to enhance one of those two spots, he's probably going to make a quick strike in free agency. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense. And for those who haven't really followed um, you know, Paul, Paul mentioned the D tackle spot, but at least free agency was a lot of inside linebackers are getting cut. Some will be richer than others, you know, a la Bobby Wagner. Then you're talking about an Eric Kendricks out of Minnesota. So there could be a quote unquote sexy name that doesn't really have an enormous, enormous, you know, big, big ticket cap hit, but still will come with, you know, a decent two, three year deal, something like that. And that's kind of the route. I think the giants will, will go. I think we will get somebody that the fan base is excited about. But I don't think they're going to double digits of millions unless it's some kind of crazy, awesome wide receiver that became available, Paul. Yeah, I would totally agree. Now, now I'll, I'll give you a couple of names that I think may be too rich, although because there are a number of interior defensive linemen. I'm going to go there because you, you said there's some linebackers, and there are. But the defensive linemen, I, I really would love to see Davlin Tomlinson come back. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I don't. It's amazing. But, it's amazing that he's going to be gone from Minnesota already. Felt like he left I, yesterday. Tell me about it. Uh, I love Javon Hargrave of the Eagles, and we know the Eagles are absolutely crushed by the cap. They've got to have a, a whole plethora of players leaving their team. I don't think the Giants would get Hargrave. I think he's too pricey. I think he's going to want a guaranteed starting job. The Giants can't give him that. But uh, how about David Onyemata from the Saints? I don't know enough about him to be honest with you. I I think I think there's a possibility there because the Giants, what they want to do with that that third defensive tackle, they want to they want a guy who's going to be stout against the run, physical and nasty, and be able to spell 
between the two guys, Williams and Dexter Lawrence, enough that a three defensive line rotation, three man rotation inside there yeah. is going to fortify it so that you can get maximum efficiency out of every guy. And gives you the better return on the investment on the big money you're going to end up spending on Dexter Lawrence and what you're spending on Leonard Williams, too. No question. No question. And Onye Mata is on the other side of 30. So to me, when you think about him, this is a guy who might fit very well into that third defensive tackle rotation because I don't think on the other side of 30, he may be thinking of himself, you know, as a 60 snap a game guy. He probably thinks of himself as someone who may be better as a rotational player than a full-time starter. After all, with the Saints last year, he wasn't a full-time starter. He only played like 60% of the snaps. Right. So that's a guy I would keep an eye on.